Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. All right, y'all, we are here at Small Doses Podcast with somebody who I, you know, the internets, I've given the internets a really bad name for quite some time just because it's just like, oh my God, social media, for all the things that I learn about against my own will, there are phoenixes that rise from the ashes and break through the darkness and today's guest is one of those. Chidera Agaraway is the sunflower on the Instagrams. And literally just one day, like, I think I was scrolling and you just popped up making so much sense. Just making so much sense. And I was like, who is this Brett? Who is this? And I went down a wormhole and I was just really really taken by your commitment to consistency in how you address patriarchy and the ways in which it is permeating through our society on a regular basis and just the realistic ways that we deal with it. Because that's the thing. I think for a lot of folks, it's kind of this like just word that exists in the ethos. And it's like, no, 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 no. There are literal ways that this is affecting us and that we can challenge and that we should challenge. So first and foremost, welcome, welcome. all the way from Jolie London. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda, thank you for having me. I've been inspired by you for years. I discovered you actually in the pandemic and followed oh, wow. you during that point because similar to the way you were talking about how I've been committed and consistent to discussing the patriarchy, this is exactly how I feel when I observe the way that you tackle so many issues, especially when I first oh, found you. you, you were talking a lot about race and your experience as a black woman. And then I noticed that as things would unfold in the world, you would weigh in, but not from a place of look at me and I have an opinion, but rather just trying to educate people. And I do believe that our rage matters. And you're still one of the last few people standing that I notice actually does use their platform to speak because during the period when I discovered you, which was the pandemic 2020, people were speaking up and using their platforms. But then along the way, people kind of just gave up and went back to normal. <laughs> but I still see you out here, comrade. I see you. And it's not easy being... <laughs> I see you. No, nah, honestly, it's you. not easy being an outspoken person because people will always call you things like, oh, bitter, she's got a chip on her shoulder. Here she goes yes. again, always complaining. Ugh. But that it's one. like, that these one. problems won't go away. And we have every right as people who are impacted by these issues to address them. And not only are we venting we're also educating people and I think what makes your work really important is that it feels accessible you're not someone who bamboozles people with big academic words and that's a similar approach that I take in my work so I really really wanted to just give you those flowers and let you know I see you and your Thank work does you. not go unnoticed 
<laughs> I received them. I received them. You know, I have to say, because you said something that was really important right there, where it's just like, we, you know, you have to tell the truth kind of just regardless of who, what people are saying, right? And at this point, I feel it on a spiritual level, yo. Like, it just feels like there's a commitment to truth that is literally like a spiritual commitment to raising the vibration. And once you commit to that, I guess you start to realize that whatever comes with that, you're going to deal with because that's just how things have been presented to you. But at this point, I've really had to just... At first, I feel like I just talk because that's just what I feel naturally to do. And now I feel like it's what I have to do. And that's the energy that I get from you. And I feel like a lot of people need that because there are a lot of folks that it's like trapped inside them. And then when people like you speak, it starts to unlock something. You know, I like picture the door at Gringotts trying to get into <laughs> Bellatrix Lestrange's <laughs> <laughs> trying to get into Bellatrix Lestrange's vault and like, you know, just as Griphook is running his finger down the door, like all the locks unlocking, like that's what I feel like it is when you are speaking. Shout out to all my Gryffindors and Ravenclaws. I mean, everybody else is cool too, but those are my people. So, okay, let's get in. Let's dive in. First of all, where do you feel like you first started to notice, okay, Patriarchy is a real thing, not just a word that we're buzzing around. Oh, Amanda, I first started to notice patriarchy was a real thing when I was like 10 years old and my Nigerian mother would tell me that only I should wash the plates for my two younger brothers and they don't have to wash the plates. And I revolted against it until my mom made sure that we were all equally washing the plates. And I didn't know at that point that that was my foray into activism where I was as a child noticing an inconsistency where the only answer I was given when I asked why should only I wash the plates was because you're a girl. And because you're a girl was just not a good enough answer for me at 10 years old. Even now, because you're a girl still doesn't make any sense. So I questioned it until my mom started to question her own rationale. And then she just kind of gave in. And that was when I learned (laughs) that There's a lot of things in this world that don't make sense and we're constantly being told just because or because you're a girl. You know, now that we're adults, we don't really get told because you're a girl if we're asked to wash plates at 10 years old unless you're living in a patriarchal household like I did. But we are still being fed messaging regarding the because you're a girl trope. Like, oh, well, you know, you asked for it because you're a girl and, you know, that guy's going to be condescending towards you because you're a girl or the world's going to be harder for you because you're a girl. So I got so tired of hearing the because you're a girl that I thought, well, you know what, because I am a girl, I'm going to take my liberation into my own hands because patriarchy is not going away anytime soon. And I think women have tried to take the diplomatic approach. We have tried to take the route of getting down to men's level and speaking to them in the baby voice and the, oh, I understand that things are really hard for you and that's why you make things hard for me. And men just don't operate in that way. They don't. We've tried. It doesn't work. (laughs) So now I've had to learn, unfortunately, at 28 years old, that the way to get by and preserve my sanity and the pureness of my soul is to be selfish as a woman that unfortunately is attracted to men. And I say it's unfortunate because being attracted to a group of people who exert oppression on you is quite a conflicting position to live in, especially when you know that no matter how much you are loved by a man, no matter how well that love nourishes you, you're still going to be 
a victim of patriarchy to a certain extent, which is why I constantly try to use my work to encourage women to be more selfish. And if you are going to date men, try and pick the best that you can around what's available to you rather than just settling for what gives you butterflies or what makes you Mm. feel twinkly because it's like your future matters. That's usually the worst, actually. (laughs) But let me, I want to push back on something though because I feel like we use the word selfish and it's not really selfish because I personally do not feel there is any positive connotation for selfish, but there is self-aware. And I do believe that It's not you being selfish. It's you being self-aware of what you deserve, of your worth, of your needs, of your wants, and that all of those things are valuable, right? And the fact that we, as women, have not been afforded the opportunity to be self-aware without being called selfish, whereas men absolutely get to be self-aware. Look at me. I am a man. I am popping or I'm not popping. Like there just seems to be like a lot more range. Whereas we are expected to, if we were not in service to others, then it seems as if we are being selfish. And it's like, well, no, I can be in service to myself and simply just be self-aware. And that doesn't mean that I am being selfish. And I think there's also something very valuable to the fact that like, it should not take away from you for me to look out for my best self, right? I feel like when we call it selfish, it means that we are looking out for ourselves in spite of somebody, which is not actually what is happening. It's no, I'm looking out for myself because I understand (laughs) the somebody. And I think that to me is important because when we call it selfish, we are still, I feel like, vilifying women like you know we still end up vilifying us but i mean you know if you want to keep calling it selfish that's you that's you that's you that's you that's you, that's you. but i just feel like i don't want to you're like i'm realizing this at 28 girl i'm 42 and i'm just like so really so i i spent so much time in my life being a hard rock. Like, I've just been hard, right? Like, you ain't gonna play me. You know, you ain't gonna stun on me. You ain't gonna front on me, you know? And just like over the past few years, I'm like, I just don't want to exist in that. Like, I don't want to have to be that. I have to do that so much with the world just because the world itself is its own antagonist. But I myself in my own world, in my own ecosystem, in my own space would really like to be soft. (laughs) Would really like to be soft and gentle and sweet because that actually is very light and it's fun and it's easier for me to exist in that way. And I recently was just so frustrated because I actually like led with that with a guy and it didn't matter. <laughs> Damn. He was still a dick. I'm so like, sorry. And you're just like, and when I mean a dick, I mean like he would still be like negging me, you know? Yeah. Can you tell the people what negging means? Oh No, my can goodness. you tell the people okay, what negging means? Okay, so negging, means. from my understanding, is basically when a guy knows, he knows that you're beautiful, he knows that you're a star, that's what drew him to you in the first place, but he finds little ways to chip at your self-esteem. He might find little faults or he will try to highlight things that he knows that you might not be necessarily as good at or as confident in and he will make you feel like you're not good enough in his presence or he will do things like 
overloading you with compliments and acting like he's so in awe of you. And then sometimes he will just like detach out of nowhere and you feel this sense of uncertainty. And this all falls under the umbrella of negging because it's this man's intention to control the way that yes. you see yourself, but also to control the way that you see him. He wants you to see him as the star yep. because he yes. sees you as the star. It's so yes. fucked up. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's so fucked up. And they also do it in a version where they will take something that you really care about and undermine it. Oh, my goodness. Um, like, okay, so for instance, like, I think I've told this story before. So if y'all have heard this story before, you know, hear it again. But like, <laughs> I back in the day, I used to date Lupe Fiasco. And this is like when he had like just started popping. And, you know, he was experiencing fame for the first time in a very real way. And I think a lot of people, you know, they understood that he wasn't coming at this from like an unintellectual place. Like he was very much like a thought rapper, you know, a, like I got yeah. thoughts in here. You got to listen yeah. to the bars, right? Conscious rap. Yes. <laughs> and he's talking to me and like I am a recent graduate school, you know, from an Ivy League school. Like I'm a mind, you know, I'm a brain, right? So I had given him my poetry book. Um, young skin, wise mind, old soul, which I kind of feel like I should republish and put out, by the way. And he was like, so I read your book. It's really black. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, ah. And let me just also say, as somebody who, you know, didn't have a supportive father, like, I definitely feel like, like when men would, would neg it hit me harder than maybe somebody else. Yes, because you still have something you want to prove to your dad vicariously through yeah. the men that you choose who low-key remind you of your dad. It's this cycle of proving yourself to these men who don't even deserve to have shit proven to them because they were never as good as you in the first place. <sighs> Moment of silence. <laughs> For the truth. And For Amanda, truth. you're a cancer son. So I know when you were talking about how you want to be soft and squishy and just safe around people and just relax and not have to be all this like hard because you're a cancer. You guys are literally like hard on the outside, but deep down you are yes. mush. You're a marshmallow. Mush! I really resonate. I'm a Sagittarius, right? And I was always wondering like, does Amanda have Sagittarius placements? Because it's normally Sagittarius people mm. that are very forthcoming with their ideas and are very hard-headed with their philosophies and are super... Well, I have a Virgo rising. Ooh! <laughs> Yeah. Cancer, cancer, Virgo. It's a lot going on here. I live a tortured existence, actually. Yeah. Not the Only double very cancer recently Virgo. has my existence felt not so tortured. <laughs> but oh yeah. No, but a lot you know of like what? meditating. I'm, I'm trying to do Tai Chi, y'all. <laughs> Cancer and Virgo, that Virgo placement, there are themes of control, right? And when you have Virgo placements, you tend to attract people who want to control you. Or if you Is have a cancer... True? Well, that's the thing, because Virgo as a sign, right? When you understand yeah. how the different signs work in astrology, Virgo, first of all, is always in service to other people. Virgos, they want to fix people. They get this thing out of finding oh broken people and rescuing them. So that's why Virgo, women with Virgo placements and cancer placements, I'm always like, you guys out of everyone deserve to be loved the hardest because you guys are the ones who pour into everyone else and you rarely everyone. get it back because it's in your nature to want to nurture. And sometimes when you're picking men, it's like 
there's this innate desire to pick a man who you will fix so that he will need you so that he can't leave you. And that's something Well, that's that the codependency. I mean, Ooh. that we talk about that on this show many Ooh. times. We need to let the people know, Ma- though, that your story can change. Like, just because you are at a predisposition to being codependent, whether that's because of your upbringing or your astrological placements, no matter what happened to you, it can change. You can learn yes. your way out of that behavior. Yes. Because, you know, you became that way based on factors that you didn't have control over, right? Like, as a child, you are shaped by the world and by your consciousness. You showed up here with DNA that was in your body molecularly that you didn't have control over. So once you reach a certain point, you are able to, with consciousness and, like, actual effort, focused effort, shift your body. Like, you have alchemy within you, you know? Like, when we had Ananda Lewis here and she talked about her actually fighting her cancer herself, you know, like I started crying just at the magic of her alchemy, right? Of her like finding her own power within. And of course, I mean, sometimes that doesn't work, but in her case, it is working. And it was so powerful because it's like, we talk about it in a very ethereal way, but it was a very actualized, like, look at it. And I am in that same journey. But before I go any further, I want to just give Lupe his props because... He did come back around a year later and be like, hey, so I wanted to apologize uh, because I was really being mean to you because I was intimidated by your intellect. Well, there it is. And he said it and he was like, you know, and it, it was like. I felt like I was in competition with you. Mind you, I'm over here just like, I just want you to love me. I just want you to kick push to my heart. I I just want you to kick push to my heart. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, Amanda. I've been through the same thing with a guy who like, again, a similar thing. At the time when I liked him, I felt this sense of I always needed his validation. And then I eventually cut him off because I felt like this is going nowhere. And then years later, he came and apologized, very similar to Lupe's tone, where it's like, I realized that I was intimidated by you. I was in competition with you. And it's like, why do men be doing this? Have you noticed that when a man comes across a woman who he knows is a star, his immediate instinct is to compete rather than to contribute to that light because I don't understand. Like, well, what we do it? understand. It's patriarchy. There is. <laughs> Here we it saw the episode over. But it's frustrating because it also, we're talking about it in the context of women, but it is so diminishing to men. Men are losing out. Right? That's the other part. Like, if we want to lean into, okay, like, men, you are losing out. You are 1,000% when you do this, you are cutting your nose off to spite your face because the magic that's there, right, the glory that's there, like, the connectivity that's there is for all of us to share. And you're basically trying to diminish it and dilute it and dissolve it because it seems like something you cannot connect to. And I think that that's what patriarchy has done because you do have feminine in you. We all have feminine and masculine in us. There is a yin and a yang. Like, it's all in there. But you're like, literally like, no, you're trying to connect to mine and I'm cutting that off. I remember I dated a dude who was a criminal and he was like, I can't be with you because you make me have feelings. (laughs) What's wrong with that? Like... He's like, you make me have feelings and I have to do crime. As opposed to what? What what was he before? A, A cement block? Yes, actually. Yes. A cement block with freckles. Yes. Amanda, not you teaching the men how to have feelings. Oh, that's so cancer of you. <laughs> I'm telling you, 
he was like, I'm a criminal. I can't have feelings. I don't have time for that. I don't have space for that. Like, it's actually dangerous for me to have feelings. So, like, you got to go away because, like, you're making me, like, too human. Yeah, you basically just revealed the human in him and he ran. Yes, and I feel like that is so many, like, so when I was talking to this last guy, I said to him, I was like, you know, there are some women who are supernatural. Like, we've tapped into a vibration of ourselves in connection to the world that is not the norm. Because the reality is that, and I want to hear your thoughts on this, we talk about patriarchy all the time and how it's harming women, but we also, like you mentioned your mom, it's like, but we perpetuate this in so many ways that we don't even realize. And I feel like when you reach that supernatural woman phase is when you start to disconnect from that and you're now like floating above it. (laughs) and You're like... Oh, I can see it in the GPS. Like I can see it and I'm learning how to Neo and Matrix this shit. And I was telling him like, that's the kind of woman I am. And he was like, so is this something that you just like gathered yourself? Like did someone give you this? Like where did you, where did, and I'm just like, in that moment <laughs> I was like, oh, this is not actually going to work. Because <laughs> but what do you, what are some issues you feel like are, are women perpetuating patriarchy in this realm? Because I know you speak directly to men a lot of times, but for us, we got to get checked too. Women perpetuate patriarchy because it feels familiar, right? Like, it's the safe comfort zone to defer to a man and let him lead. And I never I never understood this whole thing. I just want a man who's going to lead me. Like, lead you to where, girl? Lead you to where? Because these guys don't know where they're going either. He's leading you to a ditch. He's leading you to just being ghosted. Like, lead you to where? We also perpetuate patriarchy when we feel like we're in competition with other women. And the people that we're competing with over are men who cannot even do anything for us in the first place. So another way that we perpetuate patriarchy is we put so much investment in the idea of being chosen by a man that we forget to even like choose ourselves and choose our lives. We're always squeezing men into the picture. Most women leave the house every day wondering, will today be the day I meet the one I'm going to marry? I dream longing for my white dress wedding. Meanwhile, most men leave the house wondering, am I going to get some pussy today? Yeah or no? Like men don't really be fantasizing about marriage like we do. So our priorities are in the wrong place because of patriarchy. And even what you were saying about being a supernatural woman, it takes sacrifice to be a supernatural woman because it's it's, it's the equivalent to leaving the party early. The sacrifice that you're mm. making is, you know, you're not mm. going to be motivated to act on every single horny feeling you have because maybe the guy you're horny for cannot do anything for you and you have to make a grown decision for your higher self who isn't always in the room, but you have to act on her behalf and you have to really ask yourself, is this serving the higher version of me? Is this 10-minute session of dick going to serve my higher self? It's really not. It's going to draw me backwards to a lower vibrational part of myself. And we all know that when you have sex with a guy, whether it's funsies, sort of friends with benefits, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a one-night stand, there is something that happens that like you do feel this sense of connection with this person and that can impact the way that you view that person and the situation. So you need to be really careful with who you're willingly going to have sex with. Like you have to really assess like, does this guy meet my needs? Does this guy honor my boundaries? Is this guy likely to take me in the direction that I am already heading in, which is my higher self? Men can't take you to where you're going, but they can contribute to that journey. They can make it easier. They can make it faster, depending on what you choose. And to me, the sa- it's the same dick. 
The same dick, the same dick, the same dick. It's just each guy is different. And it's the idea we build around the guy, just like how pussy is pussy. Like I know women, when we're talking about even the topic you raised of how we reinforce patriarchy as women, again, it's the emphasis we place on our pussies. We think that's the only thing about us that's valuable, right? So that's why when I raise the conversation and many other women raise the conversation of choosing men who can actually substantially tangibly benefit your life especially financially the rebuttal I get from most women is but what are you going to give in return I don't want to have to have sex well who said you have to do anything you think you have to give that man sex because you think that's the most valuable thing about yourself actually for me sex isn't the most valuable thing that I can bring to a man's life my company my influence my jokes I have the ability are y'all listening do you get are like, y'all I have listening? the ability to motivate people into being higher versions of themselves I have transformed broke niggas I have transformed criminals too listen I've been there I understand I resonate with you Amanda where it's like we see the brokenness in people whether they're men or women we just see people and we see who they could be and we try so hard from a pure place to get them there but with men they don't want to help themselves and this is why men keep patriarchy even though men are harmed by patriarchy I will go as far as saying it's not impacting them enough, clearly, because just like how I discovered the other day, fun fact, that the reason why Viagra was invented was because they were actually trying to create a medication for women who deal with period pains. And somewhere in the chemical composition, they discovered that this particular chemical can create boners that last longer. And then they just kind of stopped the research there. And that's how we got Viagra. So men created a solution for erectile dysfunction because it was stopping them from having the sex they want to have. But you're not going to see men create a solution for patriarchy because it's clearly not stopping them from being able to function as people who have dominion over women. Men value patriarchy because it allows them to have dominion over women. And without men being able to have dominion over women, they have no identity they exist in relation to us, which is why when people like us make work about women standing up and having more self-worth and taking up more space in the world, men hate to see it. Men hate to hear it because it essentially implies that we're going to live in a world where women don't need men. And what are men going to do when we don't need them? Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Well, I mean, that's what the Barbie movie is about, right? Right. Like, Ken is like, Ken is just like, I mean, I found out that there was a whole world that needed me. And like, that was great. Like, because over here, like, you don't need me. And I feel like I have no purpose. And she's like, go find your purpose, Ken. Like, if you got to do choreo to get it, get there. (laughs) And women need to take that message too for ourselves because a lot of us still think that our purpose is fixing men and building men up. It's like, I see all these now, build your king, struggle with your king, build your... These guys will leave you. This happens time and time again. Everyone thinks that they're the exception and that's the mistake (laughs) we're making. We all think that we're the exceptional, but yet we don't carry ourselves exceptionally. So what I mean by that is we all think that we are going to be the unique fluke of an instance where we come across a guy who has this potential he's a struggling rapper and we build him and we help him not pay the struggling his rapper. oh my not god the struggling rapper oh trope. my god oh. <laughs> jesus 
We find the struggling rapper, we build him, we nurture him, we feed him, we let him sleep on our couch, we let him finish the food in our fridge. Things are getting better for him. We're there in the background cheering for him. Yeah, yeah that's, that's me. That's our me, boo. And then he finally gets on and he leaves you for the girl he couldn't get when he was with you because he couldn't afford her. But now that he's used your money and your food in your fridge to get to the place where he can get to, now he's left you because you remind him of his struggle. And now he's with the girl who he couldn't get. And you're just there like, oh my God, feeling now, resentful. Okay, wait, I'm going to put a pin right there. You remind him of his struggle. That right there is something that I don't think a lot of people really grasp, a lot of women really grasp. I also just want to make a point to say, I know there's people in the car or people listening who are like, not all men, not all men. That is assumed. Stop requiring this like device of some and, you know, a lot and et cetera. (laughs) It is obvious that it is not all. However, the reality is that the system that is in place allows for it to be all if it wanted to be. And we are speaking about the system that is in place. So please use your critical thinking, like use your context clues and understand that we are not speaking about Tom, Dick and Harry, Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky and Mike. Okay. But if all of them wanted to be on this, they could be because the system is in place to support it. And no now, one's going to stop them. When you talk about like the whole thing about reminding of struggle, you know, the idea of patriarchy and the dominion over women thing is so trippy because it's very literal. And I think that's the part that once you see it, you cannot unsee it. Like it's very, there is no spoon. Like once you're able to see it, you're able to see in how many different facets of life men feel like they need dominion. Like literally even in something as basic as like, I was like texting with this guy and then I called him and I have a habit of like, if we're in the middle of a text conversation and then I call you, like I won't necessarily say hello because we've like been texting, 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 texting. And yeah. so now I'm calling, it's like a carry on of the combo. So when I answered the phone, I was like, guess what I'm doing tomorrow? And he was like, oh, you're not even gonna say hello? That to me Boring. is an exercise of dominion. Boom. But that's an exercise of trying to dominate, though. It's like you got on here with all this energy. Sit, get in your place. Reminds me of the like negging. That, it's the negging, right? So I had dated a struggling rapper. <laughs> We've all dated a struggling you rapper. You've done your community service. <laughs> I, listen, when I tell you, like, I'm surprised that Edward Bloom hasn't come to try and shut down my fund because... I have funded black men my whole life. Like I have like an unofficial 501c3 that is the supporting of providing Amanda Seals grants to black men. Like this is real. (laughs) This is real. Like I have lifted. You deserve a key to the city for your services. Yes, I should actually, I should have like an actual, I should be getting prizes. I should be getting awards. (laughs) Like I should be getting tax write-offs. All the above. Okay. So, you know, with this brother, though, he got himself together, okay? So he got himself together. Now, mind you, this is after I've paid probation fees, right? This is after, like, I done bailed you out. (sighs) He got himself together. And when he got himself together, we ended up having another conversation. And he was like, because he'll periodically hit me and be like, I miss you, Mandy Face. Like, I miss you, Mandy Pie. Like, I love you. And it's like, no, you don't. But, well, actually, you probably do because I was the best thing that ever happened to you. So let's just be also real. Period. So, but he said something where he was like, I was like, you know, this person that you are now, like, I don't know this person. And he's like, I don't know why you won't just accept that you met me when I was down. And I was down and I was I was down and now I'm up and this is where I'm at now. And so you need to understand who this is because you didn't meet basically kind of like you didn't meet the real me. Okay. Because the real me when I got money is an asshole. 
Oh. And I'm just like, and, and, and I, but when you said that, it made me think of that because I think what it really is, is like, I couldn't keep you around because you saw me when I was in the hoodie and jeans I didn't wash for three days. And I don't want to remember that. And looking at you reminds me of that. And I think a lot of women take that personally, but it's also about the way that patriarchy tricks men into thinking that your only real value is success on a capitalist level. Like, like that's, that's it. That's really your only real value. If you cannot be successful based in the realm of capitalism or you're not like extra strong, like physically strong, then you really don't have value, which doesn't actually track in a world that is shifting because women are forcing it to shift, right? In a world that is shifting to acknowledge that there are women who really, we have what we need. (laughs) Like we may have been tricked into thinking we didn't, but we have what we need. And this man is not going to be the thing that defines us. Like, it doesn't have to be. And when you start to understand that, you take away the ability for a man to dominate. And it's so wild to see how just blatantly clear it is that if a man cannot trick himself into thinking he has a right to dominate you, that he doesn't know, he's left with no recourse. He has no, like, his confidence goes, he feels like he can't even help you, support you, serve, like, And then he becomes shady and resentful towards you. Well, ma'am, that's why I'm single. Same, same. And you know what? It's like, I was speaking about this recently on my podcast, The Slumflower Hour, where I was saying that sometimes you think that, oh, men aren't approaching me. You know, maybe I'm just not pretty enough or I don't come across interesting enough. No, because they don't think you're a viable enough victim. Like they've assessed you. Men make assessments of us. They will scan you. And they'll be able to tell if you're somebody who is likely to tolerate them. And this decision happens very quickly. They know what to look out for without you saying a word. Some of these guys, they will look at you and they will think, oh, she looks like she dates men who have a lot of money. I'm going to just kindly just let her do what she's doing. Or, oh, this one looks like a pick me. This one looks like she builds men. Let me let me come here and just, and just be poetic. You know, it's always these guys that be carrying their guitar around and being poetic. And they got these dreams and they're so, oh, he's he's deep. What are you lot discussing? Please. I want to know what everyone's discussing with these guys that's so deep that it makes it worth binding yourself to this man. Because when you are a woman who is powerful and knows the brightness of her light, you're going to attract fewer men because that's the whole reason why you have standards. Standards are a filtration system. If you don't have a filtration system, everything is going to fall in. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. If you don't have a filtration system, everything is going to fall in. It's the equivalent (laughs) to like winding down the window in a moving car and you stick your head out of the car and you just open your mouth and anything falls into your mouth. Like the whole point of having boundaries and standards as a woman is to have people you will be receptive to and people who cannot come. And if you're living in a certain neighborhood, you work in a certain career, you are a certain race, you may have fewer men approaching you. Now, when you're in that place where fewer men are approaching you, what story do you tell yourself about yourself? What narrative do you choose to believe? Because you can go Say one that. of two ways. You can choose Say to that. believe that the reason why no one's approaching me is maybe because I'm not pretty enough or, you know, I've tried everything to level up. I haven't worked hard enough to level up. I, I guess I'm going to have to just accept whatever comes my way. That's where you slip. That's where no, you but give let me, up but on wait, yourself. Wait, wait, wait. But let me add on to that because there's also, that's coming from the bottom up, but there's also the top down. Sometimes we tell ourselves, maybe no men are approaching me because I'm too successful. Oh, you got to make yourself more accessible. Family members telling you you're too picky. Yes. Maybe men aren't approaching me because I'm too smart 
smart. Maybe men aren't approaching me because I'm too difficult. But then we what does that tell you about that. men? If people are saying men are not approaching you, because I get this all the time. If people are saying to you men are not approaching you because you're too smart, what does that tell you about men? It means you have to dumb yourself down to be with a man. <sighs> If I have to dumb myself down to be with someone, I'm better off on my own and enjoying the beautiful vibrance of the community I am in, which does include men. Yes. I have men in my life who love me that I'm not dating. So it's like, Same. you have to rewrite the narrative of what love can feel and look like. Love doesn't have to only come from a man who you're fucking. You can actually learn to receive better and higher and more beneficial forms of love when you learn to accept it from men who you're not fucking. Learn to accept love from men who you're not going to sleep with them, but you will have accept because a lot of us have problems with receiving especially black women we feel like we have to give something in return sometimes just rest and be loved like sometimes have boundaries <laughs> have standards when the thing that you see finally reveals itself don't overdo it don't panic don't feel like this is the first and last time relax you're the boss I like to behave like I'm Sam and Cowell I've heard enough thank you like you act like you're a queen because we be calling ourselves queen and goddess well, we're just appropriating these words. Like, words mean things, guys. Like, if you're going to call yourself a goddess or a queen, how does a queen behave? Does a queen triple text men? No, she doesn't. She sits on her throne and she waits for whoever's <laughs> going to come. If he's worthy enough, he'll be allowed into the chamber. If you're a goddess, where are the offerings being laid at your feet? Where are they? That man must be laying offerings at your feet. The offerings might be shopping. The offerings might be him running errands for you. The offerings might be him putting you on in your career if he's someone who has that power. There are multiple ways to make this work for you. And I feel like as women, we're so narrow-minded and focusing only on love. Do you know the amount of times, Amanda, I get comments in response to the th things I say? What about love? Everything I talk about comes back to love. If a man loves you, he will pour everything he has into you. I'm so sorry. I refuse to accept that love is only pure when it's a broke man. And then when it's a rich man, it's just fake. <laughs> like, where is the nuance, guys? Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I think there's also something to be said, though, for when you were saying about, you know, the, what is the narrative that you're telling yourself? Because along with the narrative that we tell ourselves in terms of like, oh, why, you know, who, what do I deserve? Why can't I get this kind of man? Why can't I get this kind of man? Like that is also within the framework of a patriarchy that tells you that only certain women, you know, will get certain men, right? I had a homegirl literally tell me, Amanda, your problem is you're too much like a man. You're what too masculine. That That's why you can't get a man. You, you know, because, because she watched me play darts with a dude that I was on a date with and I was winning. What, so and you should have been like, like, oh, I'm so dainty. I can't even throw a dart yes, in the air. according to her. <laughs> now, mind you, she done had a man this whole time. You know what I'm saying? So there's a part of me that's like, well, I mean, she done had a man this whole time. But the man that she's with is a particular kind of man who is very, I don't want to say docile, but it's like you found a dude who isn't intimidated by your femininity or your masculinity. And now you're trying to look at me and act as if I'm doing something different. No, no. you actually get to be your whole self because you have a certain kind of man. Mm -hmm. I deserve that too. You do. Don't try and tell me you do, that I'm Amanda. supposed to do something else. I deserve that too. And I think there's something that we have to tell ourselves in this narrative as well, which is what do I deserve? I know a lot of us, because of being raised within this patriarchal bullshit, tell ourselves I don't need that much. If I don't need too much, then I won't be too much. And, and it then, will technically be easier to find the love. 
There you go. It'll be easier. I'll be easier. I won't have to bear the brunt of someone making me feel like I am extra or like I am a, a hassle, you know, like I am so just a, a burden, et cetera. And so you tell yourself, especially, and I feel like this is a lot of the women who are so full, right? Like the women who do have the talent and who do have the drive and who do have like independence, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like do have all the things will be like, and thus I don't need anything. I will tell you, I have told myself for much of my life, and I can only blame this on daddy issues and, and daddy issues are patriarchal, but I, for a lot of my life said, I don't need that much I just need to have a companion. Like we can, we. I just need to laugh. Like you know, I don't. Girl, need you're you funny. To, you be like, you've been making yourself laugh every day. <laughs> but I would lie to myself and tell myself this. And so you know, my my previous relationship ended up starting. It, it, it fell out because I began to awaken, and I began to awaken to what I'm bringing and what I'm giving, and the ways in which there's inequity in there. And that it, I'm deserving of the equity, right? Like, and and we will tell ourselves all day long that even deserving is immodest. That deserving or telling yourself you're deserving is somehow Arrogant. you being haughty, mm-hmm. right? Like, how dare you? And that is the work of this patriarchal mindset that women should be told what we deserve. We don't get to deserve and we don't get to self-actualize that. And that's not true. So forever who's listening, like ask yourself, what do you actually want? Not what do you want within the framework of what's out here? What do you actually want? Like for me, I want a man who is interested in me. Know your research. Do not come here with, I want to learn about you from you. Yes, obviously you are going to learn about the personal side of me from me. Know my fucking catalog, nigga. Like, know it. I'm so (laughs) over this shit where they show up like, I got to tell you about my special and I got to tell you about these shit. Part of it is them doing that thing when we're talking about negging at the beginning of this conversation. That reminds me of the negging thing where like they know you're a star, but they want to kind of act like they're on the same level as you by not even looking into you. Like you've been a star since you was a literal child. A child. The North remembers. Some of us know. (laughs) Don't mind these men. I'm not even anywhere near what you've achieved in your life, Amanda. And with the small work I've done that has created a level of buzz and stardom around me in the UK. Yes. There are men I come across and I know that they know who I am, but they try to act like they're surprised when I tell them. It's like, once I see that, I'm turned off because that's scary. I was at the Congressional Black Caucus. I'm like in this party, right? We're in this event and the Congressional Black Caucus is basically like the fancy blacks coming to DC (laughs) once a year. Okay. So... This man is talking to me. He has on a turtleneck, so that should have been the end. But this man is talking to me. And, like, I mean, he's polite. Like, he's nice. So, like, I'm carrying the conversation, right? Like, it's not like he's being rude or anything. Like, I'm just carrying the conversation. While we're speaking, three different times, someone approaches and says, oh, my gosh, so happy to meet you. Such a fan. Like, can I get a picture? And everyone knows, like, I don't take pictures if I'm, like, at Whole Foods. But, like, if we're at an event and I'm out, like, I understand, like, this is what we're doing. So I'm taking the picture and coming back to the conversation. Do you know that at no point did this man ask me, so what do you do? That means like, why are people taking pictures he with either, you? <laughs> he, he either already knew what you do and he was trying to act like he's not bamboozled and starstruck <laughs> or he's ignorant, both of which by eliminated. Bye. 
Right. We don't want and that then, around and here. And then wanted to ask for my number. And I'm like, you just saw three strangers come up to me. Join the queue. And speak to me. But Join now the I'm just queue. supposed to give you my number? Let me tell you. Chidera, I'm done. I'm done. Being done. And it's taken a long time to get to the space of being done with that and seeing that as actual elevation, not frustration. Amen. Because they'll tell you that's bitterness and it's not. It's wellness. And that's why a lot of women are scared to get to where we are because they think there's nothing here for us. Like, oh no, what if you get too close to the sun and you realize that men really ain't shit? Well, what are you going to replace men with then if you're longing your whole life for men? You can replace men with hobbies, You can replace men with community around you. You can replace men with starting something for yourself that we put all your attention into. You don't have to constantly have a man in your life for your value to be verified. Because sometimes we feel like as women who are high achievers, the last notch left is to have a man that's going to seal the deal. But it's like... Well, that's not even just a feeling. You are told that on a regular basis. I am told constantly, that's why you don't have a man. That's why your man left you. Even when I I had a man, even when I had a man, they'd be like, that's why you don't have a man. But I want... (laughs) But there's something you're saying that is very poignant because when you say language like men aren't everything, you can replace men. What men hear is them as an individual. They hear she's replacing me. Or she hates men. Right. Versus the reality that what you're actually speaking about is the concept of needing the concept of men to fill you. Because individuals who are actually about their shit, who are dope, who are actually like meeting you where you are, those people can exist in your life in many other ways versus just the, like you said earlier, like you can have homeboys who give you love. Mm -hmm. But a lot of women are attached to the concept of a man and will do whatever it takes and it will fuck with you. It fucks with your mind. It fucks with your productivity. It Mm -hmm. fucks with your cycle. It fucks with your lower back pain. I mean, it's fucking with your lumbar. It's fucking with everything. And I feel like for what it's worth, it's not worth all the things that it's fucking with. Like you're literally doing all of that to get what, 10 minutes of fingering at most. Maybe if you pick the right one, he might send you money. But even then, you're not entirely happy, but you're just coasting by. The 10 by. minutes of fingering is sending me. <laughs> uh, it really I will, that, never, I will never forget this guy that I had crushed on. Y'all, I crushed on this man for like three years. <laughs> and finally, it went down. And that man fingered me like he was searching around a drain for a quarter. No. I was like, I got no, it. I got <laughs> you know what it feels like a cervical exam? And you're like exactly. looking at the ceiling. I'm like, like did oh. you get a culture? <laughs> did you get a culture? What's going on? How was the colposcopy <laughs> that you just took? Am I clear? <laughs> were there were, were there irregular cells? Because <laughs> what are because what are we doing? Is there a yeast infection happening? Let and me somewhere know. in the world, there is a woman <laughs> pining and whining over him. That's what gets me. <laughs> Someone is looking you know at your what? Instagram. I have to say this. I have to say this. Like 
I say this because I know there's a lot of women who are listening. They're probably like, oh, they just hate men. You know, they just want a man, but they just did. And I'm telling you, <laughs> that's not what's going on. This is not that's that. That's not what's going on. And I really feel like what I'm, I'm on a mission to, before I leave this fucking earth, to raise the vibration of humanity. That Amen. is the mission I'm on. If I do it even a milli- millimeter, like I hope that I can be a part of that. And I know that you cannot subjugate half of an entire world and expect to get the best of the world. Like You cannot. So like as a common sense person, men who want to actually get the best out of themselves have to rip themselves from patriarchy's grip and identify for themselves what does it mean to be a good man within the context of morals and ethics and values. And let me tell you, morals and ethics and values very, very, very realistically do not have any attachment to the like societal message that we live in. Mm -hmm. This capitalist shit we're in, it ain't there. It ain't there. It's in writings and readings of people who have disconnected from that. That's really where it's at, right? It's in connecting to, you know, your ancestors. It's in connecting to people who have made an effort to say, let me look at this life from a different point of view. Let me, let me try and understand different, different concepts of what is God? Let me try and expand my thinking. Girl, they don't care. They won't look at breast. No, let me tell you. I I have to say this for the hope. (laughs) No, I have to say this for the hope. Because Shadara, I've been on this earth 12 years longer than you. And I will tell you. I will tell you. No, 14 years. I will tell you this. Please tell me. I have witnessed men wake up. I have witnessed men have awakenings. I have witnessed men say, I didn't know. I just, I didn't know. And now I know, and I got to get it together. And the best part is when it happens before they have a daughter. Because that shit is so fucking it's irritating. So when it's so like, Oh, I, I had a daughter, daughter and so I realized women now. are people. <laughs> right? Like, because, I mean, also, just a side note, take a note of the men who have daughters and are letting their daughters get away with murder. Because I feel like those men are men who treat women like trash and their guilt has their daughters being able to do whatever the fuck they want. Because I feel like I've witnessed, I've witnessed that and I'm like, why is she, what, discipline this child. <laughs> you don't know how she's talking to you. Discipline this child. It's too late. She in there talking crazy. Did you put that in your bag? You see what's in my bag. Let me tell you something. When I saw, I heard a baby say that and I was like, this man has been treating women like trash and so he lets his daughter treat mm-hmm. him like trash and that is how he balances his guilt. Mm. Mm. And he thinks he's doing a service to her, but he's actually disservicing her because this right here is not how she's going to excel and she's going to get popped in the face at some point. It's going to happen. I don't know about who, but it's going to happen because she's out here with a mouth. <laughs> And that mouth is being supported by someone's guilt and fear, yeah. not by someone's actual grounding. And the cycle continues. Oh, Amanda, I'm loving this conversation. I wish I had... We need to do a part two at some point because I've only got we like seven minutes We do need to do a part left. two, but I want to get to the questions because we have to go because we had technical difficulties. So we got pushed back, but we are going to get into the questions right now. Okay, hold on. Why am I doing a fake British accent? I love I it. I want to speak in a British accent so bad. <laughs> like... But the problem is, I'm like Cockney, and then it's like it becomes Liverpool, and then hey, it's like Amanda. On. All right, so we're gonna head over to the Amandaverse. If you do not know, you can get these questions when you sign up for my Patreon at theamandaverse.com, or just go to Patreon and type in my name. Join the Seal Squad; it is where it's at. You can also get ad-free episodes of this podcast right here. All right, let's head over. The last dose. Well, there you have it. We have to do a part two. 
We have um, to. I would love to come back. Where can people tap into you? Where can people get more of this thinking, of this teaching? If you'd love to hear more about my ideas, you can access my podcast on all streaming platforms. It's called The Slum Flower Hour. You can also find me on Instagram at The Slum Flower. And I also have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash The Slum Flower. And I've really loved being a part of this conversation. I just think that Amanda Same. Seals is such an incredible human being. And I'm very grateful to have been brought into her world and exposed to you guys I just feel very grateful to be part of this positive echo chamber because it's not everyday echo chambers are bad there are important and needed echo chambers because echo chambers that are useful and nourishing encourage us to further believe certain ideas that will help us when you're trying to change your mindset you do need certain echo chambers that will positively reinforce what you're trying to level yourself up into and that's what I believe Amanda's work does so shout out to everybody who's part of the small doses community and i'm grateful to be a part of this too thank you i'm so glad we can affirm your ideas as well y'all know what it is now everything you heard today i want you to sit and get very quiet about it and then apply it 